So with that being said, we're going to jump into our message series today. It is titled, This Life. And in this life, we will go through all kinds of things. In this life, we will face mountains. In this life, we'll feel like we've got some Goliath standing in front of us. In this life, it'll feel like we're dealing with this situation and we can't get past it. In this life, we'll have so many decisions to make. In this life, we'll, be, we'll, we'll have people that feel like they're there and then people that feel like they're gone. In this life, we'll have great joys. In this life, we'll feel like we're carrying great burdens. And as you're walking this life and you're getting to know God in a relationship with Him, you're going to experience His blessing. You're going to experience His favor. You're going to experience what it's like to have true love in your life. And as you do that, His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness, you're also going to come to understand that there are some things that He requires of us. Some things that... That, that, that he would like for us to begin to walk out and to do. It's not just what we get, but it's what we give from there. And so our central passage for this message series is Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it's from this passage that we're going to look at the course of this series. And so in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, you're going to see it here on, on the screen. And it's also in the church app on the message notes. All the fill in the blanks, everything is there. It says this. He, ha he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I'm going to say it again. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what we're going to look at over the course of this series. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Today, would you bring it alive? Would you speak to us? Would you minister to us? Would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? God, today, my brothers and sisters, we came here to hear a word from you. We came, God, to, for you to shed light, to, to bring understanding, God, to minister to our souls. And I pray, God, that that's what would happen today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd have your way. Thank you for your word. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so today, as we kick off this series, I want to talk to us about acting justly. Now, to simplify that, it can mean to do the right thing. And here at our church, we talk a lot about doing the right thing for the right reason at the right time. Now, that's so important that we do the right thing at the, for, the, for the right reason at the right time. Right? We can, we can want to do the right thing, but because we let so much time pass from when we were supposed to do it, it feels like it doesn't have the same effectiveness. Or sometimes when we do the right thing, but we have the wrong motive in our hearts, the wrong reason for why we're doing what we're doing. We're still doing the right thing, but it's the wrong motive in our heart. And so to act justly, we're coming to this place of saying, I'm going to do the right thing for the right reason at the right time. We can assume what that means, but what does God require of us? You know, I was... Um, 
serving at a homeless outreach and our church was doing and uh, it was it was a wonderful thing we were serving the unhoused population and we had been collecting sweaters jackets and blankets sweaters jackets and blankets and we were very organized we had a team we were working out of the the trunk of our cars and and I remember in the trunk of my car I had all the men's stuff not all the men's stuff but I had a portion of the men's stuff and so I had some sweaters jackets and blankets and we were working towards loaves and fishes in the Union Gospel Mission and we had crowds of people just come out and we were serving them we were being a blessing to them and so as we were doing that I had all these men come up and they're just going through the stuff and I'm trying to help them and they're getting all the stuff they need now as the crowds die down from my particular area they kind of go away and here's a brother who was standing out in the corner and he waited for everyone to leave when he finally came there he started looking in particular he was looking for a sweater he couldn't find what he was looking for and in that moment, I'm thinking, number one, brother, why didn't you come earlier? But I get that. That's, you got your reasons. Secondly, I was wearing a sweater. Thirdly, I got a whole lot of sweaters at home. After this, I'm going to go get in my heated vehicle, drive to my heated home, and take a heated shower. What is the right thing to do what's the right thing to do I believe one of the biggest questions in our culture and society in our world today is very simply what is the right thing to do see we experience the love of God we experience his mercy his grace his forgiveness all these wonderful things God's blessing God's favor and then he says I require some things of you to act justly. What is the right thing to do? The right thing to do for the right reason and at the right time. What is the right thing to do? Today, I want to dive into a passage of Scripture, really a parable of Jesus that has everything to do with acting justly. Again, doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason. See, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is having a conversation with a guy. He's an expert in the law. And his hope, just like everybody before him and everybody after him, is to try and trap Jesus. Now, huge mistake. Huge mistake. Okay? And so he asks Jesus a question. What do I got to do to earn eternal life? The guy answers question correctly. Jesus affirms him. Then he wants, to, he, he, he wants to further prove himself. And then Jesus gives him this parable. We're going to jump into it. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. This is what it says. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And then here's where Jesus gives it to him. Check this out in verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 33, 
But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse him. I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus asks the question, which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus tells him, go and do likewise. Here's a man who's hurting. Here's a man who's left on the side of the road to die. One person walks by and then another walks by. Finally, the third person stops. You see, Jesus is trying to explain to us that our neighbor is the person hurting. Our neighbor is the person that's being treated unjustly. Our neighbor is the person that's being hated. Our neighbor is the person we are crossing paths with. Our neighbor is the person that we have, that we have the opportunity to help whoever they might be and whatever the situation is. Brothers and sisters, God is calling us to act justly. Again, it would be easy to assume what this means, but what does it mean? What does it mean to act justly? The first thing I want to share with you is this. To act justly, it means to check your heart for compassion. To check this area of your life right here for compassion. To do an evaluation of your heart. Can you see others in pain and ignore it? Can you see others going through it and ignore it? Now, let me say this. I'm your pastor. I love each and every one of you. I pray for you. Hear my heart here for a second. There's a problem in our world. We have a problem with racism. And and, and that's not correctly said because there's only one human race. And I know that word has just kind of gained traction, so racism wouldn't be the, the correct terminology there. But we have a problem with hate in our country toward other ethnic or cultural groups, people that look different than us. You know, I'm a, I'm a Hispanic male, and I'll tell you, I, 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 have, I have felt this before. You see, one of my other, one of my other two jobs, they, they causes me to fly a few times a year, and I got to go some different places for work and that kind of thing. Most recently, I flew to Missouri. And as I'm there and I'm going about my travels, I'm doing what I do, I, I, I can't tell you the feelings and the thoughts that come to mind when you have people that are staring at you because you look different and maybe staring at you because you have a beard and, and, and you're on a plane. Now, I'll, I'll leave that there to you. But I want you to know that there are people who call Mosaic home that come from a certain ethnic or cultural background who that, that feels some type of way to them. I'll tell you, when when you feel those feelings, it's a tough place. Here's my point. My point is this. When someone is facing hate, when someone is facing this premeditated judgment toward them, can we just ignore it? Can we just pretend that it doesn't exist or because it's not happening to us? The Bible says in verse 33 of our passage, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, 
the Bible says he what? He took pity on him. That word is better understood as compassion. See, his heart wouldn't let him cross the other side of the road and pretend that something didn't happen to the man. His, his heart wouldn't let him cross the other side of the road and say, man, I wonder what he did deserve to deserve that. He must have really done something really bad to deserve that. His heart wouldn't let him cross the road and just look the other way. I'm just going to ignore the pain, ignore the injustice. I'm just going to close my eyes. His heart wouldn't let him do that. Now someone say Samaritan. You see, Jesus mentions two guys, two people who pass by the hurting man before the Samaritan. They, they see him and they say, you know what, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. And they pass on to the other side of the road. And Jesus points out that these men are, are a priest and a Levite. Why does Jesus point this out? Because he's talking to us. He's talking to the church. The priest and the Levite were church people church folks he's 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 talking to us see healing in our land can happen but it must begin with the church the church must act justly which means we have to have compassion this is God's heart this is what he requires of us we get his love his forgiveness his blessing his favor all those things but he says I need you to act justly our heart needs to be checked and our mind needs to remember the compassion that we received that we did not earn. Have we received compassion from God? Have we? Have we received love from Him? Have we received forgiveness from Him? Have we received mercy? He came to us and said, it's gone from you. Have we received from Him Paul tells the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4. And I love this passage. It says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of what? And the God, uh, and, and the God of all what? Who comforts us in all of our what? So that we can what? Those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I, I love this passage. I, I, I want you to see it again. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. See, I, I want you to get this. God works in you, works in us, because he loves you. Because he loves us. He knows your journey. He knows it when you blow it and you do the wrong thing. And he's like, listen, get back up. Let's get with it again. Let's get going. You're okay. I love you. And he has great purpose for us. And he has great plans for us. And he wants to heal us. He wants to work in us. He, he, he wants all of those things. And he says, I've released comfort over your life. In that same way, I want you to do something with that. I want you to comfort others with the comfort that I have given you. I want you to have compassion the way I've had compassion on you and you didn't earn it. You know, I don't quite understand your pain, but I'm here for you. 
I've never been treated the way you've been treated before. I've never been looked at the way you've been looked at before. But you know what? How can I come alongside you? How can I help? I've never been through that in a relationship before. But let's walk through it together. I've never had that kind of loss in my family. But you don't have to go through this alone. Come on, somebody. I remember when 9-11 first happened and really the first couple of years after that, uh, I, I grew up in a very diverse environment. It looked like Skittles. It just were, were just different. And I, 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 that's how I grew up with all kinds of different ethnic groups around me. And uh, I, I had some friends that were of Middle Eastern descent, American Middle Eastern descent. And when 9-11 first happened in those first couple of years, the way they were treated, I'll, I'll tell you, the way they were treated was really bad. Terrorists did what they did in our country, absolutely. But now all of my friends that were Middle Eastern descent were now treated. And I remember sitting down at Starbucks and we're having some conversations and talking. And they, they would share with me how they, they, they were at times chased from where they at. People would see them and then chase them down. I remember they would share with me certain words that they were called and, and, um, and begin to be identified as simply because they had a similar ref, uh, reflection of, of their skin, simply because of what they looked like. You know, young adult me, I'm not sure I did the best I could in that situation. I, I, I'm not sure I handled everything correctly. But what I did do is I, 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 was, I was a friend. I, I was a friend to them. Paul tells the church in Colossal, in, in, in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12, he says this, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It says to put on. Another version says to clothe yourself. Put on, clothe yourself. You see, before I leave my house, see, God has done some work in me. God has changed me, transformed me, blessed me, healed me, forgiven me. I've received his mercy, his grace. All these amazing things I have received from the Lord. And then he says, with the comfort that he's given me, that I need to be that same comfort. And so Paul tells the church, he says, you need to put on, you need to clothe yourself. You're getting dressed in the morning. You know that you're going out. You're going out to your mission field. You're going out to where you're going to serve. Pastor, I thought I'd serve a church. You do. But everywhere else you go is also the place that God wants to release that comfort. So he says, put on. You need to make sure that you put on them socks of humility before you go out your door. That you put on that, that clothes of that, that, that kind hearted. That you put on this mercy. Uh, you put on this compassionate heart. That you put on me before you leave your door before you go out and go where you need to go that you put on that compassionate heart because you know that God is going God wants to use you and that God is going to put you in a situation well will you put on will you clothe yourself with this compassionate heart seeing acting justly means I need to check my heart for compassion and that compassion should lead me to action See, there's other two quick other points that I want to share with you this morning. What does it mean to act justly? The second thing that it means is that I need to stand up even when others don't. Even when others won't and even when others don't. See, what made the Samaritan man stand out is that 
he couldn't ignore the hurt man. The other two passed by. The other two went where they went, and he could have done the same. Listen, bro, man. You must have deserved something, but he didn't. He stopped. He had compassion. His compassion led to action. Would your compassion lead you to action? Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 8 says this. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. I just got to read it again. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Would we do that as believers in Jesus Christ? Would we become voices for those who cannot speak for themselves? Listen, I'm not asking anyone to, to, to be a politician. We do not do politics in here, just so that we're clear. The world thinks that the way to fix our world is through politics, through being politically correct. If we can be political, we can work out this area, we can do this, we can create this new law, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to change our language, change the words that come out. We do all these things, our world's going to be a better place. Wrong. We know that the only way to heal our land is through God. God's chosen plan to heal our land is us. Us. God wants it in us. The, they, they, they could do all of that, but God wants to use us to become a voice for the voiceless. What does it mean to act justly? That we would stand up even when others don't, even when others won't, when they, when they see that. I cannot ignore the injustice anymore. I cannot ignore the lady and she's struggling and she's going with that thing or, or, or the family that's hurting or the situation that's happening. I cannot ignore it. I must act. I must stand up. And the last thing that I want to share with you today is this, is I must use the resources I have. Use the resources you have. Do you have a voice? Do you, do you have connections, finances? Maybe it's supporting our missionaries that are, that are on the mission field and who are helping the poorest of the poor in this world. Maybe it's working with the unhoused and our homeless po population. Maybe it's serving the next generation. Maybe it's, it's helping those in need. Maybe it's coming alongside where you see an injustice, where you see hate happening. Maybe it's just helping those who are hurting. In verse 34 and 35, we see the good Samaritan. He says this, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him, used his own resources. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Again, he used his own resources. You see, the answer to the problems around us is us. Is us, the church. God's plan is us. We have always been plan A. We've always been plan A. We have always been God's first and his wisdom and his insight. How is this going to happen for them? If, if we do this or we do that, no, it, it's always been right here. Look at the people around you in this room. If you're online, hello. It is us. It is you. 
We are God's plan. We are the answer to the problems around us. How will the world ever see Jesus if they don't see Jesus in us? How? In John chapter 13, verse 35, he says this, by, by this all people, all people, all people, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, I just want, I just want us to be disciples of Jesus. Disciples, we're, we're all in. We're all in. For, I, I just want us to be disciples. Listen, love your brothers and sisters. Come alongside them. And then go out and love those who aren't there yet. Love your brothers and sisters. Look around the people. Take care of them. Be good to them. Come alongside them. And then let's go out and do it for those who aren't there yet. What does the Lord require of us? We get all of this mercy and grace and forgiveness and, and purpose and, and destiny and eternal life. And God is so good. And, and James reminds us that all good things come from Him above. And then he says, listen, you didn't earn anything I just give you, but this is, I require this of you. As you mature and grow in your faith, it's this, it's this. I need you to act justly. I need you to do the right thing for the right reason at the right time. And when you make a mistake, get back up and go after it again. Here's my challenge for you this morning. Check your heart for compassion and repent if needed. Check your heart for compassion and repent if needed. What does the word repent mean? Repent means that I come to this place where I recognize the error of my ways and I, and I make a decision within myself that I don't want to be that way anymore. And so I come to a place of confession and confession is great, but then confession is my repentance. I'm declaring to God, I don't want it anymore. I'm ready to move on from that. God, I want to follow your ways. So I repent. So check your heart for compassion. That's every single one of us. Every single one of us. Check our heart. Where are we at? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you speak to us. Every single one of us, we can tell you about how good you are, how good you've been. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness. God, there is nothing like it in this world. And as we grow, we say, listen, this is what I require of you. Act justly. Father, we come to that place of repentance today. God, maybe that's not how we behave. Maybe we've ignored that situation. Maybe we've walked on by it. Maybe we've crossed the other side of the road. But today, Heavenly Father, we come to that place, say, you know what? I want to do the right thing. I repent, I repent of my ways, and God, I choose you. May my heart have compassion. With nobody looking around, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I, I gotta, I wanna get right with God. The truth is, I hear you talking all about, you know, God's love and his forgiveness, his mercy and his grace, and you know what? I haven't even been walking right with God, that, but I want it, I want that. And if that's you, I want to tell you, this, 
there's no better decision you can make in your life to receive his love it's a love that fills you up it's a, it's not a love that leaves you still wanting more it's a love that satisfies and if that's you today and you say you know what i i, I just want that in my life if that's you just quickly put your hand up and, and, and put it down thank you so much i see your hand thank you i see your hand thank you i see your hand thank you i see your hand about maybe four of us this morning heavenly father i just pray your mercy we haven't earned none of it. We haven't been good enough. I just pray your mercy. I pray your grace. I pray your forgiveness, God, to those who want to make that decision today. You, Father, come into their heart and their lives now. Would you be their Savior from the sin, Savior from the flesh, Lord? Would you be, and then begin to be, Lord, would you begin to lead and guide and help them walk this life out? Help them, Lord to act justly. Work in us, Father. I thank you, Father. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask your blessing over our church. Everyone here today, everyone who's watching, we thank you. Receive this time of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.